0: Hi guys, welcome to the Improvement Podcast. Today I've got a special guest on with me, Ryan. And today we're going to talk about programming for beginners and we'll discuss things like what we consider as coaches when writing a program for a beginner starting off at the gym and also what mistakes we see them make in the gym and where they can potentially improve upon. As well as that, just some movements we potentially like to place in their training programs, and some we like to avoid just with them being a beginner and starting in the gym. But first of all, I'll let Ryan introduce himself.
1: Nice one. So first of all, I just want to say thank you to Charlie for having me on. Um, this is my first experience of being a guest on a podcast as well, so um, hopefully this goes well. Um, I'm a PT in Aberdeen, and I do online coaching as well. Um, my business is called RG Coaching, which you might have seen on the likes of Instagram, um, I will do all sorts of stuff later on in the show towards the end. But yeah, happy to be a part of this. It should be quite exciting. As I said, uh, we're going to go through sort of program for beginners, things that we consider, and maybe just try and help a few of you that might be listening in. Uh, maybe spot some, some areas you may be going wrong and, and hopefully improve your experience going forwards. Thanks
0: for that, mate. So, first off, we're going to talk about a uh, what do you like actually consider when you get someone who's like new to online coaching and new to the gym? Like obviously a bit of an open-ended question, but feel free to take it where you like with it.
1: Yeah, I think like right off the bat, there's obviously some obvious ones that you consider sort of how old are these people? Because I don't know about you, but I get sort of different ages of clients, some as young as like 17, 18, some into the forties. Um, with age can come often with past past experiences of whether that be injury sports related or sort of medical conditions that kind of thing so age and injuries kind of paired up together there Uh, we've also got like goals everybody's goals might be slightly different I mean some people are really into bodybuilding they want to step on stage they want to do photo shoot something like that whereas some people just want to just generally build a little bit of muscle and improve their physique feel more confident with how they feel so how you're going to program based around those two different goals are going to be completely different. Um, things like the gym that they're working out of, like not every gym has fancy equipment. Things like a hack spot, you don't see that in every single gym. So you need to be aware of what they have available at their disposal to then program for them. Um, things like their time available to train, not everybody can train five times a week. So again, you're looking at the split. Um, how long do they have to spend in the gym? If They've got a quite a busy lifestyle and they've only got one hour to head to the gym. Again, you're gonna to have to consider how you set those sessions up. Um there are then obviously some, some not so obvious ones, which maybe you'll pick up things, like a consultation form, a consultation call, all things that really you want to check up before you actually get into the programming. Um, you'll do like a physique analysis, maybe their initial pictures have a look. Um if you've got quite a young guy who's Kind of been uh let's say drawn into the sort of standard chest and biceps three times a week workouts you're going to want to look at bringing up the legs um you're also going to tie that into the goals i mean if there is stepping on stage you obviously want a well-rounded physique so you might look at sort of specializing their programmer and bringing up certain areas um if they've had a little bit of time in the gym itself um, you'll also look at maybe their background beforehand what are they doing right now you could have some areas of the program that looks all right and you can almost let them continue to progress on some of it and then you can bring in some new stuff um and again age as well you might have some younger guys who are really interested in maybe going and doing their qualification themselves i've got quite a few within my lot that they're really into the gym they want to learn so maybe almost making their program not necessarily totally advanced but having some advances in it help them learn and then also really want to apply themselves in it because they've got kind of a little bit more, not necessarily fancy things in there, but a little bit more advanced things that they're seeing the guys they're watching on Instagram sort of doing and they're sort of living up to be like, um, as personally, I don't see harm in having some slight advancements in it, things like maybe drop sets or rest pause sets or something like that, because that can make it quite interesting for the individual. But like I just touched on there, it's going to be totally individual, and it's it's just trying to consider that.
0: Yeah, definitely. Going off that point, what you're saying about like drop sets, supersets, that sort of thing. Uh, one thing I want to touch on is just like adherence. So,
1: as you were yeah, saying, exactly.
0: people people have got like different like different responsibilities. Not not everyone's going to be able to spend five days in the gym for two hours. So yeah, great point in that and that. That's something I consider with my uh, programming. Like if I've got someone starting out, it's like you can get away with putting a superset in there for your arm training. You don't have to spend like a couple minutes resting between sets for your arms and then do like three different exercises all the time. So a big part of it is just making it like sustainable because obviously it's putting it right down to the basics. But if you're not going to stick to the training, regardless of how good the training program is you're not going to get results from it it's it's a case of making sure it's sustainable like long term and then that's where results come from because anyone can like commit to a program for like a week or two but that's not where progress comes from like you're only going to put so much muscle on in a week or two regardless of how consistent you are it's just about making it sustainable uh, like long term and as you were saying as well about people's like time frame not everyone can spend ages in the gym There's also, like, if you're coaching, like, parents and they've got responsibilities, there's no point putting them in the gym, like, five days a week for two hours because they'll probably have a lot to stress about. They might have, like, like I said, children, they'll have a job. They're not going to have the time. And if you're overwhelming them with training, it's just going to, like, just put their stress through a roof. And as a result, they're not really going to be in a great position to recover. They're not going to be in a great position to progress. And then you're just kind of shooting yourself in the foot in that aspect. So I'd want your opinion on something, actually. What do you see when you're like programming for clients? Where do you like to begin with exercise selection? Do you like to put like the old big three movements in? Do you like to program the squat, the bench and deadlift? I'd like to hear your opinion on that.
1: Yeah, so when it comes to like initial programming, I wouldn't say there's directly any lifts that I will definitely want to have in programming, but there's definitely value in having like bread and butter movements, like things that I think most people should probably have somewhere in the program, like the legs, like leg extension, leg curls, um, easy things that probably everybody can do on are quite fixed. Something like a chest press machine and then some form of lap down variation should kind of be in everybody's programming, but how I to like decide which kind of variation I'll give them will probably depend on that individual exactly. Um, but things like the deadlift, things like the squat, I think are very difficult to have in straight away. They're probably ones that everybody wants to do. Um, there's lots more to it, like for the squat, like based on the mechanics of the person, um, how well they're going to be able to form that squat. Um, they're also kind of, the squat and the deadlift become lifts that I think, people get really caught up on how much they're lifting as well. And when you give that to a the beginner, their initial thoughts are, "Oh, right, I want to put 100 kilos on the bar. I want to put 140 kilos on the bar. They want to be able yeah. to just lift the most of weight as, as they can. So I don't tend to program them straight away. Hinges in general yeah. can be quite a difficult one to put in straight away, whether it's like an RDL, even something like hip thrust. Um, I tend to stick to probably the easier... Uh, more machine-based exercise to begin with, leg extension, leg curl, chest press machine, standard lap pull-down, with D-handles, and really get to know how do they move first? How does their technique yeah. look like? Um, especially when it comes to online, um, you don't want to just throw them into the deep end and have all these advanced movements. So generally, to answer the question, I'll stick to the simpler ones. Um, it's yeah. also going to depend on what, what, what they have available to them. Um, and most most likely they're gonna have these easier machines. Yeah. Off the back of that,
0: something else, like when I'm when I'm considering programming, it's like some people have never stepped in the gym before. So it can be a daunting place to be. So if you're telling them to do like a barbell back squat, that can be like a negative to that. It's like some people can't even do like a squat without a bar, you know what I mean? And if you ask and if you're asking them to do a barbell back squat, One, they probably won't even do it if you program them it. Two, they'll potentially get injured. And then they might just, like, lose all confidence with the gym, be embarrassed, not even want to go back type thing. So that's something, I'd say, obviously important to consider. I do like to see, if I think people can manage it, I like to see people try and, like, do a, like, a barbell back squat, like a bench press, and, like, a deadlift, because... If you can, like, master, like, a deadlift, you can usually do a bent-over row. You can usually do, like, a dumbbell row, anything like that. Same with a squat. Like, if you can do, like, a barbell back squat, you can usually do split squats, like lunges, because the principles that apply for, like, doing a barbell back squat usually transfer over to when you're doing any other leg movement. It's like you want your knee travelling over your toe most of the time. You want to brace you don't want to have your background in an awful lot, that sort of thing. Like, that's one benefit I see to it, but I definitely agree. As you were saying, not everyone's able to do them and it's just not always the right call to program that as a beginner. Something else I'd say about that is sometimes you're not going to get, if someone's goal is to build muscle, yes, I think they should learn how to do those movements, but something else to consider is you're not going to get like a great stimulus or, like, a, it's not going to be that effective, in other words, program like, a barbell back squat or, like, a bent-over row if they can't do it. Because some of these movements get absolutely butchered from a beginner, not putting foot down, but they do. And if, like, someone is basically, like, upright trying to do a bent-over row because they can't get the form right, that's not going to produce a lot of, like, stimulus on your back. You know what I mean? It's not going to grow your back an awful lot, which is where I see the pitfall for that. Uh, so... Is there any movements you like like to avoid? Oh, I I potentially just you potentially just answered that. Sorry, but is there any other ones you like to shy away from or that?
1: Not not particularly. Um, I mean, I've worked with all different kinds of people, so I've worked with people who just want to grow a little bit of muscle up to people who have been man. So, like, I think it really comes down to the individual. Um, But as I covered in that last question, there. Hinges are probably the one that I kind of not not stray away from to begin with, but I'm very careful with them because obviously the, the room for error um, and possible injury is, is not good. Uh, you get something like a deadlift wrong and you could be in great pain and, and out-trained for a long time. So um, generally, as I said, I'll keep it to machines. Machines allow them to build up a knowledge of how to control the movement, be able to at this of control changes in direction that kind of thing initially um when it comes to i think everybody should have a hinge in their programming. I and um, don't get me wrong but when it comes to hinging i'll start with sort of easier things if they've got like a hip extension or something in there try and get them to use that which can be difficult to cue but at least they're going to be probably a lot safer um i'll maybe venture into like a dumbbell um, rdl from there before probably moving into a bar um, especially if I don't see them, if they're online and they don't um, train in the gym that I train in. I have a lot of clients who are online and train in the same gym that I PT at. So that is a big help to me. Um, but generally, um, hinging is the one that I'll be the most careful with. Um, like, barbell bench press is not a huge problem with at all. If somebody likes to bench press and they are fairly good at it, they're fairly comfortable with how to do it, they can do it with control and I'm quite happy to program that in there. Squatting, again, quite comfortable to have that in there if they are confident with it. Um, it all comes down to how does that individual perform the exercise, how how like new are they to training? If they're completely raw and they've never set foot in the gym to begin with, then probably I'm going to avoid bigger free movement to the barbell initially until they can build up skill level to control eccentrics, keep themselves safe um position themselves properly um it all comes down to just keeping them safe really i suppose yeah
0: definitely because you're not going to be making much progress if you can't even go in the gym because you're injured right? yeah exactly but I, as you were saying about like introducing a hinge i like, i similar to you i always like introducing a rdl of them putting one in their program because i think an RDL, it's much simpler than performing like a deadlift off the ground or that because I just I just like to keep pushing your hips back. It works well for most individuals because there, there's not a lot of stuff going on compared to like a conventional deadlift. It's more just pushing the hips back. And I feel like quite a lot of people get along well with that. And then from there, they can be introduced to like a conventional deadlift If uh, I think it's necessary, or any other movement. But on that tangent, do you do you program much conventional deadlifts? Like, what's your stance on them? Do you think it's like got much benefit in the like back development or?
1: Yeah, I think I think it does have a place, Um, and I think certainly early on, um, when you're pretty new to training and you have sort of brought up the skill level to have a deadlift in there it can be a a very good builder to begin with. For me, I think deadlift from the floor is just good for overall posterior development. So whether that be hamstrings, glutes, lower back, um, lats, upper back, traps, like you're going to get a little bit of everything there. Um, And if you can be adding weight to that lift over the time, say for your first two years of training, there's no doubt you're going to be building muscle in that posterior chain. Um, I think just as you get further and further on into your sort of, in life um and the weight you're lifting becomes more and more the you can then in my opinion i think you can argue is the stimulus um worth the fatigue that you sort of crank up from that um you probably know yourself i've seen you lift a lot of good weight on your stiff like deadlifts the amount of fatigue that probably you create from that day um knocks you for six the next day and I think as you become more experienced, you've got to try and weigh up that stimulus versus fatigue argument. Is it worth it? In some cases, it's not always worth it, I think.
0: Yeah, uh, that's a very, very valid point. Going off that, something something else that I think people go wrong with is when they, like our program for beginners, or if someone's a beginner, they think... Oh, like this isn't great for building my back because it's gonna train other muscle groups and that. You don't like with a beginner, you don't need to. You don't need to isolate like a muscle group. You can get away with doing like the big bread and bread and butter movements, like a like a deadlift. It's like same with a squat. You get the argument you don't have to squat to build big legs, which I definitely agree with. But if when you're a beginner, you you're not used to touching weights in the gym, so regardless if a barbell back squat is for you perfectly you're probably going to grow some amount of quad and a hamstring glute doing a barbell back squat so that's something i think is valuable about those movements because yes you could jump on a hack squat machine and it will train your quads better but you don't need it you know what i mean you could get away with doing a barbell back squat loading your lower back maybe getting some development there and same applies for like the conventional deadlift and as you were saying fatigue isn't really an issue when you're a beginner. And just for those who don't know, fatigue just physical, and mental tiredness. You get from moving, basically the more weight you do, usually the more fatigue a movement will generate, the more tiredness you'll get from it. And that basically knocks on to your future sessions. And that's not really something that's the end of the world for a beginner because you're not going to be super strong. So, uh, yeah, I appreciate that. That's definitely a valid point. And is there any strategies you like to introduce to programming to make make your sessions effective yet sustainable? Because uh, like we were saying at the start, everyone's got different time frames where they can train. Not everyone's got two hours, five days a week. So what do you like to implement to make sessions effective?
1: Yeah, I think that's quite a good question. Um something that I've been doing recently for sort of busier people is trying to implement like a rolling split. Um, so that could, it's more more so for people who maybe set off with the intentions of trying to train maybe four, five times per week, and they sort of slowly begin to realise that maybe they can't do that every single week. So um, an example would be setting up a split with like legs, push, pull, upper, lower, something like that. And instead of them trying to get like caught up and trying to fit that in across seven days, they can kind of just roll it on. on. Um, so say they only get in the gym four times per week and they've still got one session to finish um, for that week, they can just carry it on to the next week. And as long as you have the sessions laid out in a way or the split laid out in a way that every muscle group still gets trained every four to five days max, um, you're going to be okay. And I yeah. think that's helped a lot of clients recently because when they get caught up in this idea of, not being able to get all the sessions done in the week, they become very overwhelmed. So having it spread out in that way, it helps a lot. Um, but it only really works when some people are training sort of three plus sessions per week. Um, because obviously you want to be trying to hit the muscle, ideally like once every four to five days, depending on recovery, depends on volume and stuff like that. But, um, that's something I've implemented recently. Um, assigning rest times within sets as well, depending on what it is, like isolation movements, I think you can definitely assign less rest, um, and that can keep people on track for the session instead of taking way longer than they need to. Um, log booking as well. I think just being able to go into the gym and know exactly what you're doing makes a huge difference, Because when you go in and you've got no idea what weight you should be aiming for, you end up taking ages, you do more up sets than you need to, whereas if you're log-booking very consistently and very well, you can pre-plan exactly what you're doing, and that's going to take a lot less time when you go in. Um, We touched on it as well, or you touched on it as well, supersets, again, arm work, you can definitely superset. Um, It just allows you to get a little bit more done in the same amount of time. Um, Things like rest pause sets, drop sets as well um, can help, just to bring overall volume up so that, they can get a little bit more. I'm sure you've heard the term like effective reps. Yeah. Um, they can get more effective reps within the session as well. Would be kind of another thing I might do um, just to, to get more stuff out of, get more things out of the session. Um, the, the trick with that is though, is it's just making sure they're going to keep that up. Because um, it's very easy to throw in a drop set at the end one week and then I'll just skip it next week. So yeah, yeah. it's very individual, but those are things that I would probably do just to, um, keep things
0: effective with time. Yeah, I agree with them. And some as you were saying about like rest in between sets, that's something I've changed myself. So obviously like with my approach to training, I believe you're similar, like you always want to like progress like the load. Like you're trying to progress the weight, get stronger on a weekly basis. As a result, you don't want to like rest too little and as and have basically a knock-on effect to your next set. But I've I've been just spending a bit less time resting in between warm-up sets and resting in between like arm work and small isolation movements and as a result like I got soreness in my arms that I basically never get after my arm day and I got through it like 45 minutes quicker and it's like yeah. I do I need to be spending two hours in the gym when I'm doing four sets of back then some arm work and then some side dealt work or side of my shoulder in other words probably not so like you were saying there you Yes, you shouldn't jeopardise your sets and rush them, but how much do you actually need to rest between doing, like, biceps and triceps? So, yeah, definitely agree with you there. And going back to, like, things like the deadlift, you can tell well, like, i like the a deadlift myself. Compound movements are quite useful for that because you can get a lot done in a short period of time, like... As we were saying about the deadlift you could do like a movement for your traps you could do a movement for your upper back then you could do a lat movement then you could do a movement for your erectors the big bits of muscle going up your spine for those who don't know but you could just do a deadlift you know what i mean and yes a deadlift takes quite a lot to like warm up for and perform but it's quicker than doing four movements in the gym and that takes us back to just making things sustainable it's like or do you actually want to do like four different exercises for di- four different parts of your back where you could just do one exercise yes on paper it might be yes less effective but if it's sustainable that's the main thing at the end of the day isn't it any yeah, other sure. things to any other things to comment on with that subject or think everyone's coming No, with... i think I'm pretty
1: good there. yeah i think that's kind of how i will work things to make time pretty effective um mm-hmm. Yeah, it comes down to the individual there's usually things that you come across just feedback from from your clients with regards to oh, I'm not getting this done right what can we do to make this make this more effective um, but that would be the main things I would to
0: yeah to summarize as well as like rest in short period in between sets as long as you're progressing over time then you're probably taking enough rest like if you're if you're adding weight to the bar then and I, I don't think you're resting too little in between your sets especially if you're seeing visual changes, which you will if you keep getting stronger and stronger on a weekly basis. And uh, next up, so I want to touch on, if you like, why you can't just copy someone else's program. So you see that quite a lot in the fitness industry of people selling like, uh, like special program type things. And... The truth is, like you, nobody's a one size fits all approach. It's like my program will be different from yours. We'll have different weaknesses. Some muscles will recover better than others. So, where do you see people mess up, and like why? Why do you think people can't just copy someone else's split or program?
1: Yeah, I think you touched on it a little bit there as, uh, as well. But I think thing is, this program has been built by somebody else. Um, they probably are a different height from you, they're different build from you, they have different strengths, weaknesses, different goals. Um, again, kind of linking back to the first question, there's some pretty obvious ones um, as to why you would maybe not copy. Um, as I said, it's come down to like that person's physical requirements. They're not gonna be the same as yours. Um, the programme might not be suited to your level. It might contain um, movements that you've never done before you might not even have the actual equipment at your gym that this program has. And that program is probably not going to offer any kind of swaps or anything, because this is just going to be one, a one-off program that's sent to you. There's not going to be any kind of support attached to it where you can be like, okay, I don't have this, so have this instead. I mean, some do, but for the vast majority, they don't. Um, if you give this one-off program to 100 people, um, you're going to find everybody has a different goal within it. Um, some slightly not so obvious ones, things like how your body is built. Um, we touched on like the squat. The squat might not be mechanically as suited to one person as it is to the next. Um, you touched on recovery as well. This programme could have a whole load of like, say, chest volume and your chest just can't cope with that amount of volume and your recovery is in the, in, the, in the gutters every single week. Um, i mentioned a little bit there but like skill level um you could have again advanced movements in there that you're just not ready for you don't have the this the skill accrual of like as we talked about before eccentric control good changes directions um these things need to be built up and the exercises you use need to suit that level that you have um it is quite an advanced program as well Does everybody who goes and buys this program have the level of sort of adherence um, to keep up with that program? Again, we link it back to time. Somebody gets given a a five-session-a-week program. Do they even have time to get in the gym five days a week? Um, And will they actually be able to concentrate on it for a long period of time, say, six, seven, eight months down the line? Can they still stick to it? Little one as well, like lower back loading, I think is a very individual thing for everybody. So, you could have this program that has the legs of the deadlift, it could have bent over rows, it could have lots of things that require a lot of um, lower back loading that a lot of people just don't have the ability to hold it back multiple times per week. So, um, there's huge amounts of reasons why you shouldn't just pick the same program someone's doing or just go and download this latest program that this guy on Instagram that you know very well is. Um, selling for example
0: Yeah definitely mate, going off lower back loading that's something I was about to touch on myself because I've had to take a few movements out like in the past just because my lower back just wasn't recovering for the next session and I was getting like niggles in it all the time, wee injuries in it all the time so we just reduced how much I was loading it as a result, I've not had any issues ever since. But saying that, if like one of my clients, for example, he's doing a bent over row, he's doing a barbell squat, and also doing like a deadlift variation, and he's recovering fine. So why wouldn't you just run with that? But not everyone can do that. So that's where it has to be tailored for the individual. And if you're a beginner, you can probably obviously it's not this, everyone will be different, but most most of the time, if you're a beginner, you might be able to have a bit more lower back loading in place because you're not pulling excessive amounts off the floor, you're not squatting mad amounts, and same with your deadlift. And uh, something else to touch on is just your ability to train hard because rarely, you you see this with some individuals, but rarely you get a beginner in the gym and they can train to true failure. So if someone's, let's say, they, they watch someone high up in the industry, like Jordan Peters, and they see him doing one working set, on deadlifts. So they think, Oh, I'll do one working set. Whereas they they probably aren't training close to failure at all. Like without, without obviously bullet on people. When you step in the gym, you just don't have that ability. It takes practice. It's a skill. And it takes time to learn it. So you're not gonna be able to grow very well of one working set, whereas Jordan Peters might. So that's something else to consider. It just takes time. And again, injuries. So similar to lower back loading, some people just can't tolerate certain movements so some people might get on well with like a barbell bench press because they've got shorter arms their shoulders are great whereas if you put someone else on who's 50 years old they might have like shoulder issues they might have like surgery done to one of their shoulders type thing so you can't just again like we're talking about just take a movement and run it yourself just because it works for someone doesn't mean it will work for someone else and again as you were saying what what do they need to prioritize so I'm training my back during my, my leg session when I'm doing deadlifts uh, on both my upper sessions and on my arm days and my back's recovering from it so why would why would someone else be training their back five times a week unless it's a weakness it's like there, there's no need to do that much whereas like my quads I train them once a week they're my biggest body part it's like people require different amounts of work for different body parts, as you as you touched on. Uh, so have you got anything else to comment on on that, or do you think we got everything?
1: No, I think you made a good point about um, each person's ability to train at a certain intensity. Um, if you're giving, especially beginners like we're talking about, um, you can't really just give a beginner this programme that features just a pop set and a back-off set, um, which is very common. Sort of style of training that everybody adopts right now um, they probably don't have the skill or like the the tolerance to train right to failure at the moment they, they start training so something like that's not going to be very effective they're probably going to need something that features like three sets per exercise just to um, get the most out of it so I think
0: that was quite a good point you made yeah definitely and I think something else regarding how much sets you're doing, it's quite decent Doing quite a few sets if you're a beginner on certain movements, like a squat. If you're doing five sets on a barbell back squat, you're going to get much quicker than if you only do like one set on a barbell back squat per week, which is something very valid. So, uh, lastly, I'd like to touch on if you like where you see people mess up. So, we briefly touched on that basically with copying someone else's program, but is there any other avenues you see people mess up on? So, one I'd like to say is their programming. Is oh that this part's potentially for people who are doing their own program and they've not got a coach to keep them accountable. But mm-hmm. something I see is people having like a really low training frequency, so they're training like shoulders one day, arms another, and then like back one day, whereas they could do like an upper lower split, push-pull legs type split. That's something I see a lot of people make a mistake with, in my opinion. So you could say, Yes, uh, like bro split works like training one body part a day, but how quickly are you going to learn technique for certain movements if you're only doing them once a week again there's also the point when you're new to training you don't need to have a day designated to grow your like legs i'm sorry not your legs <laughs> you might want a leg day you might not need a day directed towards your shoulders because if you do like a upper body day you do like a dumbbell lateral raise or any other shoulder variation and you do some pressing exercises your shoulders are probably going to grow because you don't need a ton of work because, like, if you if you train hard and eat right, you'll be you'll grow like a weed because you've not touched weight before, so you're so used to it. It's such a new stimulus that it's just not necessary. So, what's your opinion on that?
1: Yeah, I think I totally agree there. Um, I think a lot of it comes down to just lacking patience. Really, um, I think a lot of beginners, once they see that initial growth, like you said, most people when they first step. Into a gym, they'll pick up a dumbbell and they'll grow. Um, but it's when that progress maybe starts to slow down a little bit, they almost panic and they wonder why am I not like moving up to the next set of dumbbells every single week. And something I say to my clients a lot is, if everybody was moving up to the next set of dumbbells every single week, we'd all be lifting the heaviest dumbbells in the gym by now. Yeah. Um, so I think sometimes a lot of beginners will expect too much too soon, and they kind of give up when that initial progress starts down and. and Over committing is something I think people kind of shoot themselves in the foot with as well. They think, right, I'm going to get in the gym six times a week. um, And it might go well for the first couple of weeks, but things start to crop up. um, They might miss a session here, or there, and then you start getting into this mindset that because they're not getting in for those six times per week, what's the point? I'll, I'll just give up now um so i think making sure people commit to what they can actually commit to is something they really want to think about at the start um i think as well beginners or not to hate on beginners obviously but we were all there when we first started going to the gym you start to become a bit obsessed with the weight that you're lifting and you'll be talking to your mates saying, "Oh, i did this in the gym how much did you do and it becomes almost like a competition um and you forget about technique you forget about form you forget about all the time that you spent improving your technique and getting better at exercises that you get into this mindset of right I just want to be able to lift as much as possible and it's not true progress in the sense that yes you might have been able to add like 10 percent weight onto what you did last week but you've probably sacrificed 10 percent form and that's where I see a lot of people um, kind of mess up on because they think right I'm lifting like 20 kilos more than I was like two months ago, but I'm not seeing any changes to my body. Like my chest hasn't grown, but I'm bench pressing more weight. It's usually because their form slips. Um, yeah. And then one final thing, because I know I've rallied on there, but, oh, yeah, right. um, is this kind of like, you might have heard the term, like people see shiny things or they think the grass is greener elsewhere. And a lot of this comes into social media. I mean, you talk to Jordan P- Piers and I think it's a very good example. There's a lot of people follow him, and I remember a little while back there was this craze that I think he started performing the snatch grip, snatch RDL in the programming, and I think a lot of people want to jump on these crazes and get onto the new trend when probably they're best suited just sticking at what they're doing. Um, yeah. And that yeah. can hold people back by wanting to swap things around all the time where you want to just spend a bit a good bit of time getting as physically strong as you can at the same things.
0: Yeah, definitely. You see one one trend in Nills like reverse banding a hack squat. It's like you get someone with like like less than a plate on each side. It's like you don't need to reverse band that. You know what I mean? You can you can just do it with the plates on and you'll get plenty of stimulus from it. But I definitely agree with what you were saying about just people not having patience with, prog- like, progressions because, like you were saying, one of my clients, their dumbbell press stalled, and I was, like, I was telling him, like, I went on Instagram, I saw, like, someone, like, an IFBB bro, like, bodybuilder, and he's doing, like, 20 kilos more than him. It's, like, that's not a lot. It's, like, if you progress at the same rate you pro- you progressed at, like, the last year, you- you're you going to be lifting, like, 100 kilo dumbbells in a couple of years. It's, like, not to set limitations, but that is... <laughs> it's pretty hard to do. Dude, so uh so yeah, def- definitely agree with that aspect of what you're saying. And again, with people thinking the grass is greener on the other side, it's just a case of sometimes rinsing and repeating. Because when you're in like in a gaining phase, it can be hard to see progressions in your physique. You might think it's not working, but you've just got to be consistent, like and log your sets and see trends over time. And then if those trends over time aren't moving, then that then you could potentially Change something, or then look to do something. But if like you're you've stalled after a week, then like you, it's one week you could have been out that weekend. It doesn't mean you should need to change the exercise. They're going off it. What I think beginners could potentially do better. We were just full podcast just slating beginners in the gym. I know. <laughs> it's just a. Uh, it's just trying to be a bit more consistent with their sleep and their food. Because like. A few of my clients are just struggling to like eat their food and that, and it's like it's needed if you want to grow muscle. You can't you can't just not eat. It's like that's a it's a pivotal part if you want to put on muscle growth because without that fuel there, without giving yourself the building blocks to like build muscle, it's not it's not got any reason to. Yes, you'll put on some muscle, and you could potentially like recomps will lose some fat and build some muscle but you're not going to make drastic progress for your physique and long term it just definitely pays off being in a gaining phase for sure so have you got anything else to touch on with that aspect or is that yourself
1: no i think uh you made quite a good point there like it's not just like what you do in the gym um people underutilize the things that are not necessarily easy but like eating and sleeping, like even simple basics like drinking enough water. Um, these are things that probably you want to be paying attention to um, so that they can then link up with what you're doing in the gym. Quite often, maybe your lifts are not progressing in the gym because you're not fueling yourself up for your workout um, or you've not slept well the night before. Um, things like that need to be paid attention to as well. Definitely. Not to ramble on, but I just think having structure in place with
0: your with your foods, like nutrition, well that's the same thing (laughs) your food your sleep it just does a lot of wonders in terms of if you know what gives you energy before your session you'll perform well if you eat so and so before it then you're kind of setting yourself up for success consistently with your sessions if you keep that in place so not that you need to eat the same thing every day but i think just having a base structure and base plan will reduce stress make you more likely to hit your boxes on a daily basis so i think it's very valuable so next, what what's your goals and aspirations for the future?
1: So uh, right now, um, like my biggest focus is really just trying to grow my business. Um, this month, this is my first month being sort of full-time online coaching PT. Um, I started my business back in November 2019 and that was just maybe four or five months before we got hit by like COVID and the pandemic and stuff. So um, I've had to kind of grow it through all those lockdowns and whatnot, but um, as of last month, I gave up like my part-time job and stuff, and this is totally my my sole income. And um, so, it's really just trying to grow that as much as possible. Um, I'm looking to try and go into a few other projects within the business, um, things like investing into clothing. I long term, I really want to be able to have my own sort of PT studio. I mean, I really like personal training; it's something that I've done like four and a half years now, and Although I am growing my online business a lot, I still want to be able to do one-to-one. So I am gradually pulling one-to-ones down, but it is something that I want to be able to do long-term. And having my own sort of facility to do, out, do it out of is sort of the long-term, long-term goal there. Um, obviously, just being able to coach more and more people, help them achieve their goals, um, will also be something I'll be trying to do for as long as possible too. Um, in a personal aspect, as in like my training, that kind of thing, um long-term goal is to eventually step on stage at one point um I'm still a good bit off of that but it is something that I would like to do in the future um as long as as well as like a photo shoot kind of prep that as well which might be like a photo shoot prep would be a warm-up for like a competition prep kind of thing um and just generally just trying to improve myself um, like physically and also improving knowledge so I can be, become the best possibly be really. Um, I did sort of the muscle mentors practical camp earlier this year and trying to get in on some more courses like that is definitely something I'm looking to um get involved with. Another one that I'm particularly in, in, in sort of need of getting on is the integra RPS um course which is something I'll I'll be looking to get on hopefully next year. Um, and basically just keep moving forward. I'm definitely the type of person I don't really like to stand still. I've always got something that I'm trying to do or improve.
0: Definitely, definitely a good treat to have, mate, and uh, exciting stuff, and I wish you all the best for that. So uh, now's your time. If you've got anything to plug or you want to talk about, go for it, mate. And as well as that, any links you want in the description, I'll I'll pop your Instagram in, just so everyone knows where to find you.
1: Yeah, so it's basically just my Instagram. Everything can be found sort of on there, and that's just ryan.glennie.pt, which, as Charlie said, will be. Um, link in the description you can find sort of any sort of details there links to uh, my coaching service um, links to get on my email list there's a lot of free content on there Um, I will have a new service coming up which is going to be like a free physique analysis if if you're maybe like a beginner like we've been talking about on this podcast you might not be interested now as we may have slated you a little bit but um, a free physique analysis where I can talk you through kind of how you're looking and maybe um direct you the kind of process that you should be starting to get towards your goals um, but yeah head on to my instagram there's much free content there and then all links to that kind of things there as well
0: all right cheers mate so yeah if you want if you want critique further make sure you check out his physique analysis so i uh, thank you very much for coming on and i uh, hope everyone enjoyed the